Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. Our mission, to make government contracts better, one contract at a time. In today's episode, Kevin and I have a conversation about the requirement for the government to determine that a contractor is responsible before awarding them a contract. So here we go with what is a contractor responsibility determination. I don't think I like the idea of someone else telling me whether I'm responsible or not. <laughs> it comes from my teenage years, I think. Yes, I wa- so I we all want to make sure that the government is awarding contracts to good companies. That's kind of the whole point, right? So what exactly constitutes a good company or a capable company, in, in uh, air quotes, is one that meets the requirements that are in FAR Part 9. And their contractor qualifications is the official answer. And so more specifically, FAR 9.104 talks about the general standards that make up a responsible contractor. And that's so, what we're talking about, good. Right. Good or bad is relative, but... We want them to be responsible. So this is what what does responsible mean to the government? Yeah, what's what's the baseline expectation that a contracting officer can can expect that you have as a company? So the companies are really kind of trying to prove that they're meeting these standards. So before we get deep into that, let's pause just a moment to say thank you first. And this week, I want to thank Mary Brinkley for engaging on LinkedIn and specifically talking about how to thread section L&M together in an RFP. And we've, we've done some of that and we'll do more of it. But I just appreciate people listening and telling us what they want to hear about. Okay, you already introed this a little bit, but FAR Part 9 is the subpart that prescribes the policies, standards, and procedures for determining whether prospective contractors and subcontractors are responsible. It sounds like you're reading that. Yeah, let's jump through the boring (laughs) part here. So FAR Part 9 is applicable to proposed contracts with any contractor that is located in the United States or elsewhere. That's that's one or two. And (laughs) the reason, I guess, that it separates is that the elsewhere has has a little tweak that – unless it's inconsistent with the laws or customs where that contractor is located. So it's pretty much everywhere. It does not apply, this responsibility thing does not apply to contracts with foreign, state, or local governments, maybe because... It's a jurisdiction thing, that, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe they just assume that governments are not responsible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even go down, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, it doesn't apply to uh, uh, contracts with other government agencies or the agencies for people who are blind or severely disabled, and that's another section of the FAR that we're not going to talk about today. Correct. That's a whole other set of podcasts. So FAR 9.104 is the general standards that you mentioned. To be determined responsible, there's seven things that a prospective contractor must be able to demonstrate. Lucky seven. Yes. I'll run through these real quickly. First, have adequate financial resources to perform or have the ability to obtain those financial resources. Second, be able to meet the delivery schedule or the performance schedule considering their commercial and government business commitments. So do you have too much other work to allow you to do this work? The third one is you have to have a satisfactory performance record. And we've talked about past performance before, but if you don't have a performance record, you can't be kicked out and say, said you're not responsible solely because you don't have a history of this. But if you have a bad performance record, then it hurts you. It's kind of like you're innocent until proven that you don't have a good track record. <laughs> better it, to have, really, better that, have no history than bad history. Yeah, it's very true. All right, the fourth one is you need to have a satisfactory record of integrity and business ethics. And that's certainly a judgment factor i think on the contracting officer's part fifth 
You need to have the necessary organization experience, accounting and operational controls, technical skills, or the ability to obtain all those things. So you don't necessarily need to have government-approved systems, which we talked about before. You don't necessarily need to be ISO certified or whatever the newest manufacturing type certs are. But you do need to have at least the ability to prove that you have the basics of and here we're talking about you know production control procedures, property control, you know, quality assurance measures, safety. You got to show that you can run a. In this case, think in terms of an organization could be a production facility. You got to be able to manage it, so you got to be able to show you can do that. And have a, have, you have to have some clue of how to run a business. And th- be able to there prove you go. That, right, <laughs> some clue. That's that. That's All right, nice. We're almost done with these. We're on number six now. You have to be able to be determined responsible. You have to be able to show that you have the necessary equipment or facilities or the ability to obtain those that equipment or those facilities. And lastly, you have to be otherwise qualified and eligible to receive an award under all the applicable laws and regulations out there. So if it's a small business set aside and I'm not that type of small business, that would mean that I wouldn't be responsible under that paragraph, right? I guess, yeah. There it is. Look at that. Putting the dots together. So the bar is actually pretty low to be determined responsible. You pretty much have to be a going business concern. But if you're proposing building a fighter jet out of your chicken coop, you're probably <laughs> not going to be determined responsible unless you can prove that you can turn that chicken coop into a factory. <laughs> this is a great image, by the way. Okay, we usually try to link these with the acquisition time zones. When are we talking about here? This is the RFP zone and the source selection zone. The responsibility determination usually comes slightly before the proposal is submitted or during the source selection time period. We'll talk about that some other time, but just want to link this to you're sort of at the end of the acquisition process in most cases. Mm-hmm. Why is this so important? <laughs> so important because we all want good contractors. Uh, and this is, I would say, this is the main way that a contracting officer decides what good is, what acceptable is. And, and this is how contractors prove that yeah, I think you can be responsible, but not good. So we'll replace the word good with responsible. You're right. And so really what it comes down to is how do you prove that you're responsible? And these are some of the things you've got to show. The degree to which you can do these is how responsible you are. And it's really, it's basic business stuff, right? Any, any company that has been operating for a little while can probably pass these tests with no problem and yeah <laughs> and I, I laugh because you know oddly enough i'm not sure that we do this kind of due diligence that far 9.104 requires of of companies that the government hires we don't necessarily do this due diligence in our personal lives um and i, I can tell personal stories of, of people that i hired i'm like whoa i didn't really do as much digging into how responsible their company may be so this is a little bit different and it's it's like it's one of those processes that it kind of makes sense for us to do it more in our personal lives and particularly in business these are good rules for your subcon for you to check on your subcontractors are they really responsible outside of the government world in just the business to business world i'm not sure companies check up on each other enough i'm sure they do for big big deals and not every contracting officer is going to do this every time. And again, I'm raising my hand here because there was a time that I awarded it. You may have heard me tell the story of it was you know, my, my most significant failure as a contracting officer where I, I awarded a, a contract to a company and I didn't look under every rock. And they were, they were factoring the payroll, which is not a bad thing. And factoring is a, is a way that a lot of small businesses can operate. But they were factoring it because they, they weren't able to pay the bills on their manufacturing facility at the capacity they had. 
So they weren't able to, to manage the growth that we had given them. So they couldn't afford to get the bigger facility and keep up with the production that for this bigger contract I gave them. Could I have seen that coming? Oh, probably if I looked under every single rock. But I mean, my point is this doesn't always work out perfectly. So the stuff, the 1% of the bad contractors you see in the news, sometimes it could have been avoided by this. But I'm, I, before I say, hey, contracting officers, don't ever screw this up. I have. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the reasons that I wanted to share. I think it's funny that you said topic. not every CEO does it every time. So probably in the file somewhere in every file there's a determination of responsibility you know it's it's a writing the responsibility determination it's it's a can be a quick little thing a quick little file fodder but they should do some type of diligence every time most of the time it's very simple to do this because you're dealing with companies that have existed that that you've dealt with before that have a history that have actual sales so usually the responsibility determination is very simple yeah, and in this case, the company had you know, they had ten years of, of history, and they they'd been in business, and I thought everything was fine, and it wasn't. So you just you just gotta you gotta understand that why the contracting officer might be cynical when you set, when you set, when your proposal says, yeah, we can do that. They may not be comfortable with that, and and <laughs> here's some of the reasons why. Yeah, I mean, you're talking CEOs, so let's let's focus on the government side since we're there. If you, as the government, give a contract to a, a company that's not responsible that contract could fail and therefore your mission could fail. So you really need to make sure that when you award something to a company, they're going to be able to deliver. So make sure the companies know how to prove that they're responsible. And if they're a small company, they may not know. I mean, this is a low bar, but they still have to know how to meet it. And if they don't, to the, the degree to which they don't know how to meet it, the less confident you're going to be in them and the more time you're going to waste trying to figure out what they can do. Yeah, from the industry perspective, Again, we've said this a bunch of times. The bar is not high to prove you're responsible, but it's your job to be able to prove that. You need to be able to tell that story. So especially, we've talked about weight class many times. If you're trying to bid on something bigger than you've ever bid on before, or so you're moving up a weight class, or if you're bidding on something you've never bid on before at all, or if you're a new entrant into the government market, you may need to be able to prove to the government how you're going to do that. How are you going to get the finance, financing that you need to turn that chicken coop into a factory? <laughs> right? How, how are you going to get all the construction equipment you need to build this building? How are you going to recruit the people to double the size of your company? If you're a very small company and this is a big award, the government may not believe that you can hire 50 people. If you only have 50 people in your company – it takes a lot of time and effort to be able to staff up like that. You need to be able to explain how this is going to happen so that they trust and feel that you are responsible and that when they award the contract to you, that you're actually going to be able to complete it. And, and also if you know, the company's hiring crooks and, and <laughs> it, gets, it gets really messy when the brand of the company is not great and they say, hey, we can do this and their brand makes it look pretty bad, well, the contracting officer can look at the list we just talked about, and in there it says, if you have a question about their integrity, they're not responsible. Yeah, so so if you have out. someone that commits some kind of violation and the company gets fines or somebody ends up in jail, that reputation can prevent you from getting new awards. That reputation alone could mean that you're determined not to be responsible. Yeah, because contracting officer doesn't want to have somebody come back and go, well, dude, this guy's CFO just got, in, got arrested for embezzlement and you gave him a contract. See <laughs> so, yeah, that. And then they're in the news. They don't want to be in the news. 
So to summarize this, responsibility is a real thing. The government has to be able to trust that you're responsible and going to be able to deliver what you're promising. Yeah, and proposals can be won or lost on this stuff. Well, not really won. You're not going to win just because you're determined responsible, but you can to, to have the ability to win, you have to be determined responsible, and you could certainly lose if you're not determined Yes, your competitors could win based on you being <laughs> exactly. determined right, So there's the one or loss. I get it. <laughs> So the government, folks, is you're going to have to do some due diligence. I mean, be prepared for this. You have to write a responsibility determination. It's again, it's a low hanging, it's a low bar, but you still kind of have to understand what's needed in here. And on the industry side, the less that this customer, this government customer, knows you, the more important this responsibility determination becomes. You're going to have to show them. You're going to have to prove it to them. You can't just say I'm responsible. You're going to have to give them some evidence. And the rest of the this part nine of the FAR goes into all the kinds of ways that the government might gather the evidence that proves you're responsible. Last point is responsibility alone is not how you win. It just gets you into the dance, right? Yeah, it's a, tic- it's a ticket to the party. After that, you're competing with everybody else. So if you want to connect with us, we have a, a group on LinkedIn. We have, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We also now have a government contracting network group on Facebook. So you can just uh, join us there from, it's just easy. Click it, click and join. And then if you have any more topics, which we, we get them a lot where this is another one that came in through uh, our listeners, send an email to Paul at contracting officer podcast.com. And then of course, if you need help with the government market, go to skywayacquisition.com and we're here to help you know more, do more and win more in this market. Well, I like it when you wrap it up like that. Usually that's me talking. That was a good one. Saving you time. All right. Later, Kevin. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for another episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. 